Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Welcome to the Home Team Sacramento Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and today we actually have a guest that uh, lived in our home team here in Sacramento for a little while. Um, technically, not living, you know, not part of the home team right now. But as we've said before, sometimes we like to bring in just brilliant minds to come on this podcast to share their knowledge <laughs> <laughs> with our home team. So that's what we're doing today. We got Connor Manning. What's up, man? Yeah. How's it going, man? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for just pumping me up. Uh, Absolutely. I wouldn't say if know. it wasn't true. Yeah. I would not say it. It sounds a lot like I had a I had a coach in high school that used to say like he would always talk really positively about the other team and then later he would tell you that he liked to pump up their balls before he smashed them. <laughs> I like so, that. Well, <laughs> I hope I hope I don't get crushed soon, but I feel pumped up. So, thanks. Oh, good. I like that. We could probably just, I like that analogy. That's pretty good. <laughs> I had a uh, I had a coach that said something similar, a little bit different. But when I was playing baseball, he would always say, uh, you want to blow up the balloon on the other team, specifically yeah. talking about the pitcher, right? So, you know, you're not talking necessarily talking trash to them, but you're, you know, you're cheering on your teammates, being loud, saying certain things. And then I did with the idea of like them getting so much in their head where finally the yeah. balloon pops, right? Yeah. Kind of the same thing. You know, it's a Just nice like way of saying you want to, yeah, it's a nice way of saying you want to screw with your opponent, right? Like you're really trying yeah. to mess with them. So for sure. uh, I'm of the same mentality, man. So that being said, we're not, I don't plan on stepping on anything. Or crushing you, Perfect. just pumping Great. you up, and then Great. you know that, that's all we got. So, uh, wow. man, I appreciate you coming on this podcast. Um, usually, I was I was just telling you. Normally, we bring someone on the podcast and we get into their backstory and we just learn more about them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have you on for a very specific reason that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, but before we jump into that and we explain that a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about your sports background. Um, I don't know if you've coached at all. I know you're an athlete. Yeah. I know that for sure. But um, take us through right. your, your sports and coaching background. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I played sports growing up, primarily football was my, was my jam, um, played, uh, through high school. And then obviously got, you know, you get, you had that, you had that magical age where it's like, if you don't really go to college to play sports, you're left with like rec leagues and stuff like that. So, uh, I had participated, played in stuff like that. Um, what position? actually crazy, uh, in football kind of yeah. all over the place. Um, okay. you know, just, just kind of depended my senior year of high school. I was actually at a small Christian school. Okay. I remember walking in. This is a fun, a fun coach story. I remember walking in and we did like the weigh in. You know, I wasn't a whole lot shorter than I was now, but probably a solid like 20 some pounds lighter, you know? Um, uh, 100, I think I weighed in like 176 pounds or something like that. And I remember my, uh, in really, really less delicate terms, told I was told I wasn't allowed to poop for a week because I needed to add I needed to add weight. Because yeah. at at this particular small Christian school, being a guy that was like six one, um, I was considered big. So right. like I came in at six one and one hundred seventy six pounds, having played like defensive back, running back, um, had gotten a little bit into like linebacker stuff like that. I came in and they were like, "Hey, we need you to play on a line." Um, oh, so they wanted me to like all of a sudden be really heavy and 
ultimately that's what I ended up doing my senior year, which wasn't really my preference, but I did get to hit people every play, which I liked that part. So there you go. Um, but for a while I was playing both ways, offensive and defensive line. Cause a guy got, guy got hurt, um, early on. And so I had no idea what I was doing, uh, on the offensive side. It was just like, Hey, just block somebody. I was like, all right, cool. Got just it. Just get in their way. Just get in their way, push people around, which, which worked out. So I did that. Um, and I actually got into coaching at Capitol, um, okay. in Sacramento. So, um, I was, uh, working with defensive backs and wide receivers on the JV team, on the JV football team. Um, uh, for a stretch there for two, two, three years, which was a ton of fun, um, to do that. And then I've coached like my kids sports and stuff like that, you know, that right. sort of deal, which is like, it's like a whole nother animal, but I'm, I'm highly competitive. So more than once I've had to be like reined in on the sideline, like, Hey, it's not really, don't need to do that. But, um, uh, but it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you, like, I, I'll tell you another funny story. So I'm, I'm coaching, I'm coaching flag football. This might totally deviate okay. from my, my whole topic today, but that's okay. That's all right. I'm coaching flag football. Right. And this other dad was like, Hey, I can help out. I was like, great. So I took the kids on offense. He took the kids on defense. Um, and this is like, what would, how old were they? Probably, you know, third grade flag football or something. You know what I mean? Um, and so we're, we're trying to work this whole thing out. And, uh, offensively like we're doing okay but our defense is just like terrible and and the, and the kids are like way too scared about like because there was actually blocking involved you know gotcha. a little um, contact there. You, you did you did need to be a little bit aggressive yeah and there's way too much hesitancy about it um and i remember like we lost like three games in a row and i was just like up here like i can't do it anymore yeah and i remember at, at halftime of this one game we sat the kids down and i was like hey coach like i got this and i said and i was like listen to me if one of the kids on the other team doesn't go crying to their mother about how hard they got hit in this next half we are not playing the rest of the season like if you don't make a kid cry today you're not doing your job you understand me do we got it get it together <laughs> and let's go i'm telling you we didn't lose another game though i bet like we won that game and every other game thereafter it was like, they just needed permission to like, Oh, like we can be violent in the sport. Yes, you can, you know, like preferred. Yeah. That's what we're after right now. Like, right. uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I know the, the, the other dad was looking at me and goes, Oh, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this wrong the whole time. And yeah. And it's like, Hey, when you have that on the sidelines waiting for you after every play, the, the kid on the other team is not that scary. Right? No, not even a little bit. Like I, I don't want to get in trouble with my coach. We can't. Uh, coach, we can't, we, we got to knock someone out right now. Oopsie. I like that. That's funny. What was that? Yeah. I'm sure their reaction was like, "What is what is going on right now?" Like, oh what? yeah, yeah. Well, they got kind of pumped because I was like, "Listen to me." Like, how many of you have like an older brother or sister? And they're like, "Oh, you know, I do whatever." Little brother, sister. Okay, I do. It's like you ever have those moments where you wish you could just take them out? And they're like, "Yeah." It's like, like this is your opportunity, right? Like, <laughs> this is your opportunity to envision them on the other side and just go like light them up. Okay. It's like um, a water boy. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There's <laughs> like a bunch of siblings all over the field. Oh, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to sure. light this guy up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it was like. Uh, oh my goodness. But it was, it was super fun. It was super fun to see him just kind of get it and have it click. And that's the best part of coaching, know. right? Like that's, that's what every oh, coach has sure. come on this show is like a coach or trainer. They say they live for the moments when that light bulb goes on and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, 
I understand this technique now, or I understand this yep. concept of this, this, you know, the play that we're running. They say it's the best thing ever. It's that's why you do For the coaching sure. is to help right. them learn and, and get it. So, um, right. makes sense. And hey, good right. for you too, man. Going from the high school level to the youth level, uh, I don't know if people realize how difficult. I mean, if you've done it, you realize how difficult it is because oh, yeah. the intensity level is so much different. But oh, yeah. inside, you're still competitive. Like I've seen your right. Instagram posts. Like when you you and your family play, uh, like Monopoly, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're not cutting those kids any slack. You're trying to crush your no. kids. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just in you. So how, how else are they going to learn? Exactly. You know, they got to learn. They got to learn. learn. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were at a County fair the other day and they were like, Hey, let's race through like the little mirror maze thing. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll let them all start ahead of me and just smoked them. And turned around. I think I put it on Instagram. <laughs> I, I recorded the whole thing, me beating them through yeah. this mirror maze. And it was just like, got up. I was like, Oh, like who won? Who won kid? Yeah, you know? just look at your watch like it's about time. Yeah, I've been waiting here for a while. You guys got here, yeah. you know? <laughs> I love it. Hey, but those are those are good life lessons. They're they're fun stories, but they're also good life lessons, right? Like oh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. I mean we can talk about the the whole part uh, participation trophy thing, but that's like a whole episode. Oh, we're not we're not gonna do that thing. today. But uh so that, so, <laughs> so that's where your coaching uh yep. has has stopped recently, right? Like you're doing the youth level thing. Are you still coaching right now or uh my my no, I, I coached last summer, I coached my eight year old. Um, him and football. This next level, no, it it was still, it's still flag. Okay. So this next level up, like, um, this Saturday, is it this Saturday? It's in like a week or two weeks from now. He actually goes and picks up his pads for this next season to, to get into like full contact. That's awesome. Football, which would be really fun. Uh, I, it's one of those deals where like, I put my name down that I could potentially help out with coaching. I haven't heard anything from anybody, so I don't know if that's something that'll come up this year. Um, but there's a really good group of, of guys that were involved in like the flag football coaching that I know we're progressing up and, and it gets into like a different space. We're in a smaller town and it's very much this like feeder system where it's like, the kids at this level are already learning like the play concepts that would right. be used at the high school level. So it's just kind of all feeds together, you know? Right. Yeah. So I don't really know if they have like preset coaching steps. I really just don't totally know how it works. Like at the right. flag level, they're like, please, dear God, will anybody come and try to corral these body. children? Yeah. Stop them from like <laughs> eating grass or, you know, their nose. pulling flags off each yeah. other, picking their nose. Um, yeah, at the youth level, it's it's a totally different deal. I used to set a timer on my phone where every like six and a half to seven minutes, we would change the activity we were doing because their like attention span isn't long enough to do anything for longer than that. So right. it was just like the timer would go off and it, oh, here we go. Here's the next thing, kids. <laughs> like we're doing another thing. That's smart. That's smart. Um, you just can't get them. Like if you can run a play, it's like a miracle, you know? Right. Um, but it's fun. It is super fun. And like you said, I think that's the, I think that's the crux of even where, what, as far as what you've laid out for me of what we want to talk about today, the whole point of coaching is to help people realize like untapped potential. Right. Right. 100%. And so it's when you see those wheels clicking and turning and what you see as possible within somebody, when that starts to like come to the surface, that's, that is the reason why you do it. Um, Absolutely. hundred percent. So, hundred um, percent. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that, man. It's it's cool that you you know, and I'm I'm really interested to you know jump into this topic that we're going to be talking about tonight because uh, because you have coached at different levels, you've you've competed at different levels, and then also beyond sports, 
uh, you yourself are, I know you do the health coaching thing, but then also I know you as uh, a mentor to a lot of people throughout the years too. And, and people look at you as a leader. So um, your, your, your insight on this specific topic is really interesting to me while you're on the show. And a little while ago, I, I can't remember how long, it, how long ago it was on Instagram. You've been doing these uh, like wisdom Wednesday posts, which are awesome. I love them. And one of the things you were talking about was criticism versus feedback. And then the difference mm-hmm. between the two and something we've talked about on this podcast before is, you know, sometimes, especially in this current culture, uh, sometimes like if, if you're too harsh, you know, it comes off, mm-hmm. you know, like you're being mean or you're just being critical and there's, it's that you kind of lose this idea of, Hey, there is a such thing as positive criticism. That doesn't mean you let someone get away with things. There's correction, right. but you do it in a way that's going to be beneficial and it's going to help them move forward. Not you know, so negative where they're going to be stuck in a spot. And so yeah. I, I think sometimes in this current, you know, current climate that gets lost a little bit. Um, and I think there's, sure. there's a lot of nuance to it, but um, just let, let me hear some of your insight on why you decided to post that and what kind of sparked that and just your thoughts, you know, again, criticism versus feedback and, and why that's so important to understand the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So um what sparked that at that particular moment? I honestly don't know that I could tell you exactly what it was, but what happens with those posts in general is just something happens in my life or I have an encounter or a moment and then something gets stuck in my head and I think about it for a period of time. Like what's the difference between these two things or why did this happen the way that it happened? Um, what I think about a lot is like it, when it, when it comes to criticism versus feedback and even in the way that I think I presented the thought, it's like it can, it can come down a little bit to semantics. So in the way that I was describing criticism, I meant like a, like a statement that is uh, like, like static fixed reality about someone saying you are this, or you can't do, or you'll never be something that is uh, only negative um, and doesn't provide any opportunity for that potential realization that we're talking about when it comes to coaching, right? Versus feedback in my mind is something that's more oriented around here's this thing that's not what it could be right like you you didn't perform this to this level or you didn't do what you should have done but here's what you could have done better is is more feedback oriented right Right. and the reality of it is is that i don't i don't know how on earth you would coach anybody at anything or really have any sort of healthy relationship in your life period without having space and opportunity to give feedback and to, in a lot of ways, be critical. Because like you said, criticism can be a good thing and, and it's actually really necessary. Like right. if you're, if you, if it, like, I, I think about it for like parents, like if you, if you're a parent and you took your kid to some performance coach and you're paying this person hundreds of dollars to help your child develop in this athletic space and they never told their kid what they were doing wrong, how would you feel? You'd feel like you wasted your money, right? It'd be a waste of time and money. If all you're going to do is affirm who they already are, that is a waste of time and money. Uh, you don't bring them there so they can stay the same. You bring them to get better. And the only way to get better at anything, uh, life, sports, work, um, any space, the only way to get better is to acknowledge what the shortcomings are and then formulate some plan to address their shortcomings and then implement that plan to make it better. That's the only way that it really works. Right. Um, and so, you know, criticism in, in that space is dangerous, I think, because if you get into the space where you say you are not, 
or you can't or you won't what that does is it like it removes the hope of that future potential realization and it removes all motivation right theoretically it removes all motivation now i happen to be somebody who responds uh in a very intense way to things like that if you tell me i can't do it i'm going to give you a middle finger and i'm going to give it everything i got to like shove it in your face so but that also comes from a pretty unhealthy place in my life that doesn't come from like oh like i'm satisfied in myself and i feel good about who i am it's more like uh okay you tell me i can't well i'm gonna prove you wrong kind of a deal um a much healthier space is is coming in and saying hey you didn't do this right and it just i I mean sometimes in in the coaching world this stuff just comes out right like uh, again just thinking about like just weird weird moments where like you don't even know what to do with what the person is saying to you like i remember i had this coach that used to say the weirdest stuff in football like one time he yelled at us that we looked like a bunch of parrot heads at a jimmy buffett concert uh like what what do you do with that like he was clearly angry and he meant it as an insult sure one i don't think any of us knew who jimmy buffett was definitely had no idea what a parrot head i don't know what a parrot head meant at the time and what it had to do with what we were doing in that moment i don't know i think he told us we looked like a can of spilled blueberries a cow pissing on a flat rock you know what i mean like what (laughs) does someone do with that like i don't know i don't even know where you're going for right right (laughs) but when a coach comes along and says like hey you got beat on that play because you put your feet here instead of there and if you had just shifted your feet and changed your base you could have executed that at this level right rep again do it right 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 like that's feedback that gives me something tangible like hey you didn't do this well and not doing it well produces outcome and because i know you want this outcome make this adjustment execute it again and then reap the reward of it right and then you have to repeat those things over and over again develop um that mind muscle connection so then you don't have to think about it anymore but um that's that's where that thought comes from that's kind of like the baseline of it right sure yeah yeah it's it's a it's an interesting thought especially when it comes to sports because there's a lot of different uh elements to it right like you know obviously a coach's job is to provide feedback um, on the flip yeah. side, the athlete, and it's tough because you know our primary our primary audience is the high school level, high school athletes, high school coaches. At that age, and you've you've mentored high school students, specifically guys. It, it, sometimes it's 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 challenging to get through to them at that age because there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on, and and to connect, help them connect the dots can be a challenge sometimes. So even if you are providing feedback to them that you yeah. you know is going to help them in their life and on the field, they're also on the flip side they have to be able to receive it right like they have right. to be able to receive it and when when you have sports and when egos involved and you're very prideful about you know your abilities and and the challenges that are presented in front of you uh i feel like even those things can be a barrier to hearing the coach's feedback right like you hear hey right. I've, I've been a stud athlete my whole life and then you get to a certain level it's like okay now i'm i'm not a big fish in a small pond i'm the same size fish as everybody else in this pond and then you know you're not used to that so when you get the feedback that you're not used to right. it's like wait a minute like this is you know this is not what I'm used to. And this is not, this doesn't feel right. And I think the best athletes are the ones who, like you said, are like, okay, yeah, I have weaknesses. Like I want to address all of them because I'm going right. to, you know, be better than everybody else. And if you're not willing to listen, I will, because I know this is what I need and it's going to make me better. Right. And so, um, 
you know, it's interesting yeah. when you have, it's, there's a lot of moving pieces to it. So it's not just saying, Hey, right. here's some feedback. Oh, great. Thanks coach. Like there's a lot of connections, a lot of human relationship and, and dynamics that right. are part there, I think. For sure. It like immediately makes me think about this experience when I was, when I was coaching, um, you know, high school JV receivers, right? So the playbook has gotten more complicated than what they've previously experienced. Right. Um, all of a sudden there's more routes in a route tree. The calls are more complicated. Um, kid that's a really good athlete, really fast. Right. Um, you know, generally speaking, like you said, has been able just to outrun everybody his, his whole life coming up through pop Warner and, you know, middle school football and all that kind of stuff. All of a sudden we're like in lines and we're, and we're running routes. Right. And we're, we're practicing getting to the line, hearing a route called and then running it. Right. You have to run the right route for your quarterback and he keeps missing. And then, so then the, the conversation ensues as a coach, well, Hey, like, have you spent time going over this? Well, no, I haven't. Why haven't you? Well, I just, you know, I just didn't, you know, in essence, he was, I mean, he wasn't saying it, but basically saying he just didn't care that much. Right. Wasn't, wasn't super interested in it. Like, hey, listen, like, I know what you're physically capable of, but we'll never be able to utilize what you're physically capable of until your brain gets in the game. And so what you're going to do for the rest of this practice, you're going to sit on the sideline, you're going to watch everybody else run routes as they're called out. And you're going to mentally map what you're supposed to be doing when you hear this call. Well, I don't want to do that. I didn't ask if you wanted to do it. I'm your coach and I'm telling you what you're going to do. So you're going to go over there and sit down and do it. He threw a fit, took off his pads and walked into the, walked into the locker room. Right. Yeah. And I did not go chase him down. Uh, maybe I would have gone and found him later, but he went inside for maybe 10 minutes and then came back out 10 minutes later and sat down on the sideline and just started listening. I didn't go over and confront him about going to the locker room. Like he figured it out while he was in there. Yeah. Right that I want to be on the team. I'm not going to quit over this. He showed up and in the end, like over time in the season, he really ended up becoming a really big asset and wow. a, been a great contributor to the team. But like, you know, it's, it's like both ends of that spectrum, right? If you leave it unaddressed, you're not helping him because you're like encouraging immaturity in his life, lack of responsibility. He's not being a good teammate. He's going to end up hurting uh, the work and effort that everybody else is putting in. Um, and he's not really developing to his full potential. Now right. you have to go through like the rough stretch of right. confronting the ego and being like, 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 bro, you're 14 years old. Okay. Like get over yourself. Right. <laughs> you're not that big of a deal. <laughs> hey, hey, calm down. You, you just now have some, uh, some facial hair. Calm down, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. in your mind, yeah. you're like, jerry rice or something but sure. I, I promise you you're you know you're whatever you're 14 so just right. like get it together and and it ended up being a really great thing um but like i think part of it part of what, what, what separates it and this is like where my mind starts to go too is like coaching from a position of anger or frustration is dangerous any type any type of like life confrontation can be dangerous if you're if you're if you're coming at it from a position of a position of I'm entitled to your obedience and you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. So I'm going to respond with anger. Right. Yeah. That is not helpful. Okay. That is not setting the table for the other person to respond well, to like engage with you and then produce this outcome you're after. But if I'm going to you in a really calm manner, because I care about you and I see the potential in you and I'm speaking to the potential saying, Hey, you could be this. If you'll do this, do this. Right. 
right. um, and then leave it in their court. Well, now this particular kid had the opportunity to throw a fit, weigh out his ego versus what he wanted, which was to be part of the team and, and part of the effort and wanted to be able to catch balls and be on the offense. I mean, some of it is ego, right? Where it's like he wants to be able to wear his jersey on Friday to school and people know that he's on the team and he, he wants to do all those things, right? Right. Social motivation, internal motivation. So it creates this opportunity for him to go in and like weigh that out. What do I really want? Who do I really want to be? And then humble himself and come and sit down. Right. 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 And then, um, and then progressively put in the work because a lot of that stuff is, it just takes time. It is that repetition thing. So it wasn't like he was going to watch one session of people running routes and like instantly get it. So, you know, the next day at practice, I didn't make him sit and watch again. Uh, but we went over some of the routes and he seemed to have a better concept of it. And so it's like, okay, now you need to pay attention. Each one of these, we're going to, we're going to work on it and develop the skill. Totally different attitude though. Right. Like you said, coming in coachable and and interested in maximizing potential. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too, because again, we're talking about feedback. So in, in your situation Mm -hmm. with this athlete, you're providing feedback, but you're, you said you didn't go chase this athlete. Your job is not to like force feed him this information and then make him do it. Like you, the bottom, I, I've said this so many times, you can't go make him like, you can't do the lifts for him in the weight room. You can't do the reps on the nope. field. You can't play the game for uh-huh. him. You can't make him do the, the, the schoolwork that's going to keep him eligible to be able to play on Friday nights. Like you right. can't do any of that. So your job as a coach is to give the feedback. And then at that point, right. they have to be willing to either accept it and use it and, and implement it into their life. Or unfortunately, sometimes they're just, I mean, I've, I've, I've known guys that I played with back in the day. And I've heard stories where when they take the pads off that night, that day, when they get that feedback from the coach, that's it. Like they don't come back. Right. I mean, that really yeah. is the end of it. They take the pads off and you never see them again. Cause they're just like, I'm not, I'm, I can't do this. I can't take this type of criticism. Right. Or feedback. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's all a learning process, but at the end of the day, uh, that's what makes coaching so frustrating sometimes. Right. Is like you have all of yeah. this knowledge and you try to give this feedback that's going to help their life. But at the end of the day, you just got to let them do what they do with it and just hope that what you're saying hits them, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes, sometimes that is a function of like the unhealthy coaching side of it. Like I do think that uh, as a coach, you could take the wind out of a kid's sails and, and just suck the life out of the sport for them. And then they're Mm going to, they're going to tap out and quit and never maximize that potential. And some of that responsibility lies on a coach. Sometimes, sometimes it's the person, right? It's the, it's that person. And maybe that stems from like unhealthy parenting at home. They've never been forced to take responsibility for their actions anywhere else. And this is a new experience and they don't know what to do with it. Sometimes it's like insecurity. Sometimes who knows, who knows what, right? I mean, there, there could be a thousand different reasons why they just aren't ready to take whatever you're feeding, uh, give, give them back. But if I, I, I promise you the, the, the outcome and the probability of a kid staying in the game and, and sticking with it, giving them that type of like, Hey, this is what I see in you. And this is what I know you're capable of. And I see that you're not living up to that. Here's the things you need to do to be able to, to live up to that potential and really draw the potential out way higher probability. They're sticking around than right. like, Hey, you can't have spilled blueberries, like right. whatever that means. Like, <laughs> right. like what a weird statement to make to somebody, but telling somebody like you're no good or you suck or you're terrible, you're awful. You know, what's wrong with you? Why did you miss that? Why can't you get this right? Da, 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 da. 
all these things, because all those things sound static, right? Like, why can't you get it right? Even sounds like, well, I can't get it right. I am incapable of doing this thing the correct way. And if that's the case, I do not know why I'm trying to do it because I can't do it. Uh, right. right. Which is super screwed up. And the opposite of the whole point of coaching. Um, I do think at times there are people that get into coaching for like the title or appearance. Um, and I don't know that their heart or desire in it really is for the maximum, maximum potential of the the players or the people that they're working with. Um, I've mentioned that before, sorry, not to cut you off, but like I've mentioned that before. Yeah. And if you really, if you really sit down and think about that concept, right? Especially when you're looking at the youth level or the high school level, you as a grown man or woman are willing to dedicate all this time to hang out around high school kids just to win a pennant, right? A band that you can hang in the gym. Like it's a bizarre concept. Like why would you put all, why would you put all this time and effort in if there's not a greater life impact that can happen? It's like, I like, you know what I mean? It's like, you have kids, you have a job, you have a busy life. Like I do too. I can't imagine dedicating that much time to simply win a trophy to say, Hey, look at, I coached a bunch of high school kids and we won a trophy. Like it's a very bizarre oh, concept yeah. when you really think about it. It's super weird. It's super weird. Cause I think it's, I think it's that, I think it, there's some type of like their ego involved. Right? right. Or sometimes it's like, this is another thing that screws with my head a little bit. Sometimes around coaches of like youth and kids and all that kind of stuff. It's like, so, Hey guy, like, or woman, uh, could be either one, but like what's in my head right now is this guy in particular. It's like, <laughs> you want to say his name? No. no uh, like you didn't make it past high school athletics. Right. And now you're coaching like a U 10 baseball team, right? Not even the coach, but a coach with the group that's coaching. And you are yelling at these kids from this position of like entitlement that makes it seem like you won the world series or something like you are the ultimate authority on exactly how this should work. Yeah. And you are losing your mind. Like literally one time walking past, um, you know, you go to those places like a baseball complex and there's like four or five, uh, baseball diamonds in like a, whatever. And you're walking by and I'm walking by and this kid, I mean, he made an effort. I'm watching as I'm walking, he made an effort and missed a fly ball. And this guy came up off the bench and is reaming this kid out from the dugout about how he missed this ball. Just, I mean, hmm. expletives, dropping the F-bomb at this kid. And these are like 10-year-olds playing baseball. You know what I mean? And I'm walking by and I stopped and I just looked around because I was like waiting. I was waiting for a parent to stand up or something. And like, because yeah. I'm telling you right now, you yell at my kid like that, I'm going to come in the dugout. Sure. And I'm not going to talk to you about it. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a different kind of conversation. Be very yeah. different because I can tell you this: my kid's gonna know that I'm gonna defend them. Yeah, more than I'm gonna worry about how I make this grown man feel. Sure. Like, right. the game is on now. I was just like, my mind was blown. I was looking around like, what is this? Like, how does this even work? And I can't believe nobody's it. And then it like clicked. Very possible that's his kid. You know, I don't, I don't know for sure. I couldn't really see that far, but very possible it's his kid. And if that's the way that that works, that's messed up. Anyway, that's a tangent, but that's somebody who's in coaching and just by like the methodology or the way you would speak to a child Mm -hmm. lets me know that your motivation is very screwed up. Like you do not, you are not prioritizing the potential in that kid out there over your ego, right? Yeah. Your own expectations. You're just losing your crap because you're, you're, you're still, you're still a kid, probably a U10 kid on the inside 
that feels inadequate. And so you're like manifesting this insecurity into other kids' lives in the right. worst way. Right. Uh, right. and it just, well, is then, yeah, jacked. Well, I mean, like, I, and I've said this before too, at that point, you, you're not looking at these people that you're coaching, these kids that you're coaching as human beings, you're co- you're looking at them as pawns, like you're moving them on this fake chessboard. And it's like, whatever it takes to get you in the winning position, you will do whatever it takes. You will say, and you have no concept or, or clue about what you're doing to that kid's psyche. And to your point earlier, you know, we don't know, right. As, as people, when we interact with other people, with other kids, you don't know what their life is like. You don't know what their life no. is like off the field always. I mean, hopefully you do as a coach, if you're an invested coach, yeah. hopefully you have an idea. But we don't know what's going on with a kid. And so if you are a coach with that this negative mentality that's just like you said, just laying into kids all the time with no concern about what's going on in their in their mind and their heart, you don't know what that home life's like. And if they have a horrible home life where they're getting that at home, well, now right. they come to the field where they're hoping that it can be a positive outlet. Well, no, it's not because the coach is basically right. just a second version of what they're already getting at home. Right. When you have an opportunity to really impact that person's life and and kind of send their life in a, a different direction, right. you're just compounding the problem by adding on to that that negativity that they're already feeling and it's right. you know and, and we always say like we tend on this podcast we always talk about like the power of coaching and how you can impact a kid's life not just on you know on the field they may never play another down of football in their life right they may never play another down for your team at the high school level they may be a bench warmer but the concepts that you're teaching are things that can they can carry through them through life with them the boardroom classroom uh, right. the family room all these different areas of life those are concepts that will benefit their life and on right. the flip side, a coach can have just as much of a negative impact on them right. if they don't like really respect and, and understand the responsibility <laughs> that they've been given. Sure. So, or been given. So it's I mean it's incredibly frustrating when you see a coach like that because that's they have no clue what they're doing, right? Know? Or they don't care, right. which is worse. Which is crazy because like if you look at any any coach any coach at any level that I've that I've ever thought like oh man like that that person seems like they're a really good coach what you hear them talk about is like yes they're teaching a specific skill in a sport or space but ultimately what they're most interested in is a human being you know I'm interested in the person and I know that if I help that person just in general help them cultivate that potential inside them I'm going to get the best out of them on the field right. Because nobody plays their best when they are have a bunch of other things happening in life that are negative, like they can't focus, they can't think about um, home life, school life, friendships and relationships, all those things get kind of muddied and it, and it affects performance. So when you're able to help people realize like, hey, yes, what we're learning right now is like proper technique in a specific sport. But proper technique in the classroom with these relationships relating to your parents, all those other things are going to create smoothness in all these other areas, like you said, that then does translate into work life, right? Uh, right? E- even team function, how do you prioritize others above yourself, right? Uh, all those sorts of like really, really cool lessons you learn playing sports, but you only really learn them if like the coaching comes together to say, hey, here's the, the objective. Because that's the other side of that, right? Where it's like part of your goal is to mine the potential of your individual players, but it's also the collective potential of a team. Right. And you have to cast some vision in that, right? Mm -hmm. I think vision casting is part of appropriate feedback is saying, here's what's potential. Like I always think of like vision as something that is not, but could be, right? Right. It's out there, right? Here's the vision. Um, Here's the possibility. So you cast some vision 
on the personal level and on the team level and you say, Hey, here's what, here's what we're driving towards. Here's what it's going to take, right? Collectively, every member of this team needs to do this, 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 and this in order for us to get there. Right. You as an individual, in order for you to get to your full potential and add full value to the team, you need to do this, 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 and this that's specific to you. Then you can kind of drill that down, right? Into roles, um, specific players, whatever it may be, right? Um, yeah, that's really good. I like that. I like the idea of the the vision casting and how how much that would, uh, I guess, aid a coach in giving feedback. Because if, like, if you don't know where you're going, like, how can I take the feedback that seriously? Right? It's like we'll just do this. Right. Like, why? Like, why are we? Why are we doing this? Like, why is this beneficial? And if you don't, you know, cast that vision, yeah, it, it would make giving feedback and probably for the athlete receiving feedback really difficult, and it's probably not going to be as, you know, optimal as it could be. Whereas, like you said, if you cast that vision initially and you create that culture, I think that's why like sports teams cultures are so important. That's why you mentioned the feeder school, right? We have the same thing out here in Sacramento. There's a lot of these high school teams that have the junior programs, and then they just they run the same system. And then by the time you get to the high school level, the varsity level, they they know it. it's ingrained in who they are. Right. And the best programs, there's a certain like aura or culture that they create, right? right? Where it's like, okay, if you wear this uniform and you play for this school, there's a certain right. standard of excellence that we expect. So, you know, you it, I mean, I, all that stuff I think feeds into the feedback, right? It's not like right. some Joe Schmo coach is like your your record is zero and ten every year. Like, right. what is this feedback? But if you know a culture that is like, oh, you guys are undefeated every year and you crush teams, I'm going right. to be more willing to accept that feedback. And not that it's just, just about performance, but you know, the culture overall culture of how you run a team really really feeds uh, into that feedback. I think. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. And you know, you you think about that in terms. I mean, you can you can apply that almost universally, sure. right? Like, um if I tell my kids to do chores, they ask me why, you know what I mean? Why are we doing this? Like if I don't, if I don't connect why we're doing, why are we vacuuming? Why are we putting things away? Why are we cleaning the bathroom? You know what I mean? Nobody wants to do any of those things, but like, why do we do it? Well, here's why we do it. Um, right. And, and cast that as a bigger vision than you're saving that a headache, but you know, we have things, we have objects that we care about. We want those objects to last a long time. Um, this is a reflection of the value we place on the home that we live in right. um, and what we believe to be value about ourselves and what we're worth. And so because of those things, we take our time to clean, put things away, so on and so forth, right? Um, that's probably a terrible example for teenager athletes because they're like, that sounds awful. Like, I still don't want to clean. It doesn't make me want to clean, but it attaches a reason to it. It's the sure. same thing to me as like, sure being on a football field or, you know, baseball diamond or whatever sport it is that you play. And it's like, you're not, you're never going to want to do every drill. Mm -hmm. You're never going to want to participate in every part of practice. But if I understand how things link together, then if I work this cone drill, I'm going to make my feet faster over time. And my feet being faster means my get off is a little bit faster, which right. means I have a better potential to beat the man across from me. Well, now, okay, let's run the cone drill a thousand times because this is where we're headed. What we're trying to build is a faster athlete. What we're trying to build is someone who can, you know, run the bases that much faster or, you know, get your feet right. So you're, you're batting the right way or striking the ball in, in soccer and, you know, so you hit it more efficiently, whatever it may be, whatever the thing is, this little drill that's annoying for you to do is connected to this bigger picture it does help you give a lot more feedback. And I would say this, like, cause it, it, it can be really tough. And, and I think, and I think too, like some schools, cause I've, I've been at places, um, 
when I was coaching at Capital, we were like turning a program around, right? Uh, their football program at that point in time was pretty terrible. And um, uh, I mean, I think I, I'm trying to think, I, I think it was like rare for them to win more than two or three games in a year. And that really turned a corner with the, the, the incoming of a particular coach, Coach Z. I don't remember his actual full name because it's called him Z all the time, but sure. whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he came in and that's, that's the guy who I was, I was working under. And a lot of the reason why I think the culture shifted is because he did cast a very compelling vision. I didn't agree with exactly all of his methods, but it didn't really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like I conformed to the methodology of the coach and the things that we needed to do because I understood where we were going. And so um, when he implemented certain things and I was like, ah, I don't really want to do that, but it was like, well, but he is the coach and he's cast this compelling vision of where we're going to head. And so the only way to find out if it works is if we put in the work, right? So you were just, it's the only way you're going to figure it out. So you, you put in the work, work with the kids. And then, and then, and then, like you said, cause you can think about feedback is almost like course correction, right? right. So it's like, if this right. is where we're headed, Hey, your failure in this particular department is leading us away from what we're trying to accomplish. We need to course correct. We need to fix, we need to fix the technique. We need to fix the effort. We need to fix the mindset. Uh, we need to recalibrate you to like what you actually are. Cause you know, people that come in with inflated egos and things like that, sometimes you, you do need to, you know, pop it a little bit and bring them back down to earth and oh, yeah. help them figure out, figure out what they can and can't do. Um, but I honestly think even that's really detrimental. If you never, if you never help your athletes realize their limitations, that's not good. You know, right. um, yeah, it's really good. Like that's that's okay, right? To to help a kid understand that, um, but put it in context of then we'll recalibrate what success is. Like success is is not the NFL, right? The right. Success is not a college scholarship. Um. Success is being a great teammate. It's putting in your full effort every practice to help your teammates maximize their potential. It's being ready to go when your name is called and you go on the game to execute your responsibilities. Um, it's bringing a great attitude. Like, you know what I mean? Like recalibrating what that is because there are real limitations. Like I, like, I don't think it would have ever mattered how hard I practiced. I would never make it to the NBA, right? Like you just, it would just would never happen no matter how much I believed in myself or how hard I worked at it. That just would never be a thing. I would never make it to the NFL. Like it's just, that's my kids the other day. We're actually having this conversation. This is funny. Um, we were having breakfast and um, uh, Judah, my eight-year-old, who's getting ready to play his first round of like tackle football was asking yeah. questions. And uh, he goes, dad, he goes, dad, why aren't you in the NFL? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, <laughs> Thanks, uh, well, son, uh, <laughs> let me tell you why, uh, as it yeah. turns out, I'm not, I'm not fast enough. I'm not strong enough. Um, you know, I didn't have the talent or skill level to go beyond high school. And so that's just what it was. Like I just, and his mind was like blown. He was like, wait a minute, you're not strong enough. <laughs> Cause in his mind, I'm the strongest human being on the planet. Right. It's sure. just like, yeah like blew his mind. Right. And I was like, no, but like, I'm, I'm not like in his, and, and this is okay. Right. He's eight years old. So in his mind, he's going to be in the NFL someday. Um, very, very unlikely that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, 
chase it though. Like go see, see what you got right. uh, at this age, right? Go, go chase and see what you got. But like there are limitations on that, right? Like it right. just wouldn't matter. Um, I remember, I remember at times my senior year being stuck playing on the line and thinking like, man, I wish I could just get an opportunity to play running back or receiver, or I even pitched to my coaches at one point, like, let me play tight end. So yeah. I'll still block, but then I can go out and maybe catch ball and, and make plays and stuff. And they're like, well, this is what we really need you to do. So that's what I did. And the, and the route is no matter what I would have done, I wouldn't have made it. Cause like, I remember a couple years later, um, I was playing in like an indoor flag football league. Right. Um, okay. It was a wild deal. Like the ball was live off the wall. So it was like an indoor soccer arena. I've heard balls of this, yeah. live <laughs> off the walls, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. it was, it was pretty wild, but, um, we get into this and me and it, me and this group of guys, and we kind of tear up this like lower level league did really, really well. Next season guy goes, Hey, you know what? We're going to move up a league. Um, you know, take on a little, a little harder competition. Well, like the next step up was all these like division three guys that had washed out um guys that were using it as some sort of like staying in shape in their off season kind of deal and the speed level on the field at that point was like yeah it blew my mind and these yeah. are guys that couldn't get a d1 contract these are guys that will never make it to the league right um and like it was like night and day you know what i mean so yeah it's wild can I, can I do pretty well against a bunch of average Joe guys? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Beer, beer guts, all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sign yeah. me up all day. Sure. Um, there's, there's something different. So it's, it's recognizing, and I guess my whole point in saying that was like, like you do have to be realistic at some, at some point about what your potential is. And, you know, it always makes me think it was like cringy moments on like, uh, what was it? Um, America's got talent or not America's got talent. What was that? American, uh, American, American Idol. Idol, American Idol. Yeah, yeah. That's the one where people make it to the show. And like, all I could ever think about when I would watch these would be like, has nobody ever told you like, you can't sing. <laughs> nobody <laughs> in your life loves you enough to be like, Hey, you're terrible. Like, right. You can't don't do this. do this. Right. Stop. Like nobody cares about you in your life enough to do that. Cause point. I do think, I do think that like, if I love somebody, I'm going to be honest with them. And I'm going to say, Hey, listen, like, Hey, if, if you want it, you know, you can put in this work, let's calibrate your expectations. What do you think a real goal is for you? Right. Like what's a, right. how would you measure success at the end of the season or at the, at the end of this time frame? Um, I don't want to be a dream killer. I don't want to be somebody who like, like snuffs out people's excitement about what they could and couldn't do. Um, but I almost think it's like, I don't know. Like it's just unkind to not help someone realize like when you hit this place where it's like, I think we kind of know, you know, what your, right. your athletic potential is. If we're not, if we're not being honest about what real, real success is or, or what their, their realization of potential is. I don't know that that's, it's not loving and it's not prioritizing the player over ego. And um, yeah, I guess that's, no, I'm with you, and I'm I'm, I'm watching the time because I know we're we're getting close to the, the time. Yeah, uh, which this is sucks because I have a, a ton of thoughts, and I could keep this going forever. We'll have to have you back on, yeah. man. Because um, I'm I'm All really right, enjoying this conversation. Um, but just your point, I, I think there's a difference between because I agree with you. Um, that's a that's a loving conversation that needs to happen. It, it can be an incredibly awkward conversation for sure. For because sure, like you are you are yeah. 
it, it becomes very personal, right? Because it's yeah. it's going after someone's dream, something that they're incredibly passionate about and, and thinking about night yeah. and day. And so it is a difficult conversation, but I, I wouldn't even say it's a dream killer because I think a dream killer would be the coach that says, hey, you can't do this. Don't try. Right. And, and then the conversation ends there. I think what you're saying, and it sounds like what you've what you've probably done before with people, it's like, hey, this this is probably not the road for you. Like, just take singing. Right. You, you, let's just be honest. The singing thing is not your lane. But and there's like that but there. You reroute them into a different direction to right. keep the dream going. But the, maybe the dream looks a little bit different. For example, like with with right. sports, there's we've had conversations with people who play D one football or, or some D one sport, and they get to the point where they say, okay whether it's injury or whether it's just they realize that they've hit the, the the ceiling of their skill they're like okay they come to the realization the end of the road where it's like okay i'm i'm done this is the, this is my whole life i'm at the point where i'm done and i'm not doing this anymore and they have to kind of cope with that right they have to realize okay they have to accept it and say okay now i have to go in a different direction that doesn't mean you have to be done with sports you may have a dream to play in the nba well you're not tall enough you're, you don't have the athleticism but can you still be connected to your sport can you still be connected to that sports world and the basketball world in some capacity and you can still cut you know maybe you become you know some kind of trainer maybe you become something right. else where you're still connected to the sport you're just not doing it in the same capacity that you were hoping to right. do it and i think if you're if you have the ability and the willingness to kind of guide someone in that direction so not just kill their dream and say you're done and leave it there but actually reroute them and, and maybe spark their their mind and their heart in a different way i mean that's like you said it's a loving thing that you can do for someone right and who knows, you may be the only person that is willing to do that in their life. You know, yeah. as a coach, you might be the one person that was willing to have that tough conversation when no one else would. They're like, yeah, you're, you're amazing. You're, you're, you're right. Beyonce. It's like, oh, I don't think so. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe you're not hearing correctly, but like right, as a right. coach, you may be the one person that can, can have that conversation. So, you know, as uncomfortable as it may be, it's, right. it's worth having that conversation. For sure. I would throw a couple of things real quick, Please, not knowing how much we got, but, um, you have, you have daughters, right? Yeah. Have you read the book, Strong Father, Strong Daughters? Mm, no. No. Okay. So it's written by, uh, by a female. I believe she's a doctor. And what she talks about is how her father's strong boundaries in her life when she was a kid, she didn't realize it at the time, but he was protecting her from things, hmm. actually set her up for better success in the future. And I've, I've thought about that a lot in terms of like the coaching space of like, you know, part of your job is to protect your players. Part of your job is to help them understand what those boundaries are. And a lot of times what we don't understand as parents is that in the moment, not necessarily, but uh, over time, what's translated by having boundaries and rules and expectations and that type of thing is care. Like I care about you enough that I will set these parameters around what you can and can't do sort of thing. Right. Which right. is a super good book. I would recommend it for anybody that has a girl. Um, to the other thing, oh my goodness, and my mind just kind of lost it. I don't remember where I was going with what I was feeling. thinking. It's the I've worst a lot feeling. Of podcast episodes. It's happened. A so lot much. of podcasts where it, where you lose. What was the <laughs> other thought? The other thought. Um, maybe you can cut this this time. This empty time out right. well, in the middle of it. I mean, we were talking. We were talking about. We were talking yeah. about um, like killing someone's dream or rerouting them into a different yeah, yeah. direction. Oh, so that's what I was going to say. Sometimes what you can do, boom. Way to go, man. Back on track. One of the, one of the things, one of the things you can do is rather than making it like, Hey, I don't think you're going to be able to do this. You can start to make it some sort of like markers, like, Hey, this is awesome. 
Um, if you want to get a scholarship to go to the next level, here are some things that are going to have to be true. You're going to need to be able to do this. You're going to need to be able to do this, 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 and this, right? That's and good. just set these goal markers to say, and here's where you're at right now. And here's the gap, here's the gap between you and what you need to be able to do in order to get noticed at that level. Um, here's the work that it's going to take to improve all those spaces. Are you ready to do it? You know, and if they're ready to do it and put in the work, then, Hey, go for it. Right. And who knows, maybe they surprise you. Maybe they put in the work, maybe they improve in all those areas and they get to a place where they hit those markers. Um, but I think that also gives people some opportunity to self-eliminate a little bit and realize mm-hmm. like, I'm probably not gonna, you know, drop my 40 time from 5.2 to 4.3. Like that's probably sure. not in the cards right now. Um, or whatever really it may smart. be. Yeah, I like that. Like so it gives them, gives them some opportunity to self-eliminate. And the last thought that I had while you were talking was that, that was awesome. I don't know if you, um, I don't know, but I'm a, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, right? So like, um, and, Green, Bay, Green Bay Packers fan. Okay. Well, good for you. Right. Um, hey, good for you. Way to go. you're, which you're, you're in Wisconsin. So that's tough. I am in Wisconsin. It's not that hard actually. Cause I just look at bad. people and I just do this and I just go, Hey, <laughs> yeah. You guys don't have seven of those, do you? That's cool, though. And we have a lot um, of trips to the NFC Championship, which uh, a lot of NFC Championship every, trips. That's good. Every, every year is rough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's okay. There, you know. Anyway, we're going on the line. But like, I love Mike Tomlin as a coach, and like yeah. listening to some of the stuff that he says. And I don't know if did you catch he did like a like a long form interview with Ryan Clark and a couple other players. Oh, I don't remember the what pivot? the name of their the pivot. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you watch that? I didn't. I've heard some people talk about it. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but I heard it was oh really gosh. good. It was super good. But one of the things I think it was in, I think it was in that one of the things that he talked about was like, he played college football at a small school. And he talked about how he came to this realization that like, I'm not good enough to, to go to the next level. Like that's just not going to happen for me. Like I just, I can't operate at their level. And that's what inspired him to go into coaching. Right. And so that's one of the, like the misnomers about coaching. I think sometimes is you think like you have to have done it on this level and that's just not true. What you have to be able to do, I think to be a good coach, one, you you should be passionate about the sport or the thing that you're coaching. Uh, two, you do have to have knowledge about how it should be done. Right. Right. Uh, Having a really clear mental image of like how this should be done to be done correctly. Uh, even if you can't execute it on the highest level, but this is what it looks like when it's done on the highest level. And then you have to love people enough to have those conversations and help them and, and teach them how to do it in that space, right? To give them the appropriate feedback, um, as hard as it may be, as many times as it takes, if the potential is there that they could do it at the at that level, and so and like help them help them continually move to this this better version uh, of the outcome. And uh, I just I love that like listening to him talk about it because it's just so transparent. He's just like, yeah, like I couldn't do it. He's like, yeah, what am I doing? He's he's like, and he's he's as a guy who's walking into like he took over the Pittsburgh Steelers when we're at like Super Bowl level team. You know, right. you got Troy Polamalu and James Harrison and James Ferrier and Ryan Clark and Heinz Ward and Heath Miller and Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I mean? And, right. and like peak form, right? Right. Um, Antonio Brown, when before he, you know, he got hit in the head and went a little, yeah, uh, sideways a little bit, yeah, a little sideways there, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but you know what I'm saying, like, and and he can't do what they can do, and right. and that's okay. But he has a really clear picture of how it should be done, so he can help them figure it out. Right. 
Which I think is a great point because I mean, how many times, and I'm sure you've heard this over the years, that it's typically guys like that, and there's there's exceptions to the rule, but guys like that who um, could not do the 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 skill at the highest level, but they could see the game at the highest level because their their right. vantage point, and their perspective allowed them to learn in a different way. Where you know, I I feel like if you Michael Jordan would probably be a tough coach, right? Because he oh, sees yeah. the game, plays the game. He played the game at a completely different level that I don't think. Right. He could, I don't think he could coach and he would probably get mm-hmm. frustrated and, but he hasn't had that vantage point, right? Cause he's never had to have that vantage point right. cause he could just go out and do it and, and work harder than everybody else and, and just kill it. Mike Tomlin, not that case, but that gives him a, a vantage point. That's super helpful for a coach and a yeah. leader of, of men. Like, I think that's a, that's a, a good thing. And again, like, I love that. Cause again, we're talking about like rerouting someone's passion. You can't tell me that Mike Tomlin's passion for football didn't translate to his coaching. It's obvious every Sunday, you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh my goodness. He did. I was, I, I'm, I'm, I am dorky enough about my fanhood with the Pittsburgh Steelers that like, I watch the daily practice reports from training camp and like <laughs> the interviews and all that kind of stuff. Like I yeah, want to sure. know what happened that day. 100%. I'm going to check in and find out. Um, uh, somebody interviewed him the other day and they were asking him like, Hey coach, like tell me about like what fuels his passion for football. He's like, listen, I've been a part of a football team since I was boiling my my mouth guard, you know, the night before in a pot on the, on the stove as a little kid. Like, I just love it. Like yeah. there's nothing I want to do more. There's nowhere else I'd rather be like, I mean, he is lit up. So that passion translates into passionate players yeah. and it becomes part of like, how do you cast, you can't cast a compelling vision about where you're headed as a coach or as a team, as an organization, absent of some kind of passion. Right. right. <laughs> like, right nobody's nobody's dying on that hill nobody's like charging battle with you to go figure it out nobody's grinding out practices and doing the drill for the umpteenth time if there isn't this like underlying belief and how great this is yeah. how great the potential is that you could realize and so that's one of the things that i love listening to him but i'm definitely a tomlin fanboy. i love all the random stuff that he says he's fun to listen to and in interviews and things like that. hundred um, oh, percent. And his yeah. track record is, so, you know, speaks for itself too. No, he's, he's incredible. Right. Um, I, I need to check out that podcast for sure. Um, I did want to mention before we get out of here, I did want to mention one thing, uh, based on what you said too, talking about how giving your, your athletes the ability or the opportunity to self-evaluate. I think that's really important yeah. because in any aspect of life, any, any role of leadership, you want to get to that point, right? Cause it, the bottom line is coach Connor, coach Manning is not going to be with these athletes when they're married, when they're mm-hmm. uh, having conversations with their kids, when they're having conversations yeah, yeah. with their boss and other coworkers, like you're not going to be there. Coaches are not going to be there every step of the way. So the things that you're teaching is giving them the tools they'll need one day to do it on their own and think about it on their own. And so I like what you said about the right. self-evaluation because you could stand there and say, okay, here are the five things that you aren't strong enough in to go to the next level. You could say it like that and just make it very clear and just you know spell it out for him. But you say, here are the five things. How do you feel about your your ability in these areas? And you put it on them, and then it forces them to think about it, which they're going to have to do, at, you know, for the right. rest of their life. And so I, I really I really like that. I think there's a lot of life life value to that idea. So appreciate you sharing. For sure, that. for sure, yeah, absolutely. absolutely like I said. Man. I'm looking at the clock. I could keep this going, but I'm not going to do that to you. Um, you're you're on the you're Midwest or yeah. uh, Central Time, so uh, we'll get you out of here. But um, uh, anything, any closing remarks you want to make before we get out of here? Social media stuff. If you're interested in, uh, in Connor's Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, 
It's like uh, Wednesday wisdom. Yeah, I, I would yeah, recommend yeah. it for sure. So give them a follow. But um, any other yeah, parting yeah. words before you share your social media? I uh, know. I just think I think it's awesome. Anybody who's actually taken time to listen and cultivate themselves by tuning into things like your podcast, uh, tapping into other resources is awesome. Not because, not again, not because I'm brilliant or you know any one particular episode, but it's more that it speaks to the orientation around growth sure. and taking personal responsibility for that growth that somebody else isn't going to do it for you. So just even tap into another resource and it's super cool that you take the time to do this uh, and, uh, and you, put this kind of resource out there. So thanks for having me on, man. Uh, oh, thank if you, you want to come check it out at P Connor Manning, that's it on Instagram. I don't, I don't really do Twitter. I think I have one, but I haven't opened it in a very, very long time. So I, I do it. You're not missing a whole uh, lot. It's, it's, it's wild yeah. out there. Not as bad as Reddit, it feels a little but... repetitive. It feels a little repetitive between all the different things. So I just, you know, primarily that is, is a great place to, to come hang out. So perfect. I, you know, I take that back. I do like Twitter for my, for my sports news, like, especially right now with yeah training camp, I get a lot of my Packers. It's just like a Ooh. whole feed of Packers beats, right? Beat writers and uh, trying to figure out yeah who's, who's, who's our number one receiver. So that's all right. <laughs> It's, right now, Alan. Hey, we're trying to we'll figure out who's going to throw the ball to receivers. That's a good so point. That's different. Different problem. I think different I'd rather problem. have yours than mine. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with twelve. Uh, yeah, you know, leading the charge. But um, anyways, that could be a whole other podcast. Podcast. We don't need, we don't need to get into that. So, hey, man. Right, cool. uh, as always, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing some of your insight. And, and I'm not joking, man. I would love to have you back at some point because yeah. um, I enjoyed yeah, the conversation. So, uh, good luck with everything. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. All right.